Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Adam Cole are going to be a tag team, baby. But can they coexist? Probably not. I don't think they will either, but we'll certainly find out. I'm Luco in DAD. I'm joined by Tempest, who is claiming to be your jam that champion. Just holding on to that thing. Listen, Pete doesn't appear on this channel anymore. He didn't have to be a slacker. <laughs> So you're just holding on to it for the time being. Yeah. L.I.W. is fine. I can't just give him this belt. It's not like we sit across from each other in the office or anything. No. This has to be done on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. And when he wants to come on the WrestleTalk podcast channel, he's more than welcome to have this back. It's a very good point. He will be here this Sunday, though, because he'll be doing live reactions to Forbidden Door with uh, the Professor Dan Layton. And then me and myself, myself and Pete will be doing a review of Forbidden Door the day after. It's a shame I won't be there. You won't be there on any of those ones, though. So uh, I suppose we'll have to keep an eye out what happens with the gem that championship. But please do press the subscribe button if it's your first time here. Give us a little thumbs up as well. And get in your comments down below if you're watching this on demand with what you thought of this episode and your excitement levels for Forbidden Door. But if you're watching live, get in your Omega chat to rest.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five U.S dollar amount uh a few people asking where is ollie well ollie's at glastonbury yep he is in a muddy field somewhere although actually it's probably quite a nice field this year because the sun is shining outside so he's probably having a lovely time uh getting ready for glastonbury so he is not here today it was a, a warm sun this morning nice cool breeze but a warm sun mm-hmm. i don't know if it's the kind of sun you'd want to be outside in the summer heat in the middle of a field but oh, yeah i'm not I've only been to one uh, one music festival, and it rained oh, a dear. lot. Oh man! That's, I mean, sometimes that's a nice that's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I listen to Lord in the rain. Uh, Reading Festival O three might be O four. No, it's O three. I think it's 04. I think it was I think it was 2004 Reading Festival 04. It absolutely chucked it down while we were watching Prodigy and it was great. Yeah. Dancing in the rain like an absolute madman. Uh I my shoes had come apart. 
So I had a tear from like one half all the way around to the other half. So when I got home, I just got some duct tape and I just, <laughs> and I just taped that sucker up. <laughs> That's the most Luke Owen thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> I life. Like, I ain't got 40 quid to drop on new shoes. So I'm just going to get some duct tape around these and they'll last me another couple of months. Hey, if it's not supposed to move and it does, duct tape. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite here. Please do get your comments in about this show. Now, we are going to be talking about the MJF Adam Cole thing to kick us off. And I know what some of you might be thinking. Well, there's other big news that, that's happening right now. And there's other things that people are really, really excited to talk about. And I get it. But we can't dedicate this podcast to me getting tickets to see T Scene Queen in October. As much as I would love to dedicate the next hour of chat to me getting tickets to see Scene Queen, we just can't. Listen, if Pete was sat in this chair, he would be the perfect person to listen to that chat. But we have to talk about Adam Cole, baby. We have to talk about Adam Cole and MJF. So Adam Cole comes out for this promo to, you know, hey, I didn't win last week, but neither did Max. And he was right to not go for those extra five minutes because he's a coward and he knew that I would have beaten him. And MJF comes out to address this, this uh, criticism and he just goes, I had you beat last week. <laughs> <laughs> I love this promo segment so much. It was really funny. It was like, I had you beat. Uh, and, you know, do I want your challenge cold for a rematch? The answer is no. He says no because he's worried about Adam Cole's health, but he also knows that he had him beat last week. He had him week. beat. What does he need to prove? Yep. He doesn't need to prove anything. He had him beat. And yeah, you're right, because Adam Cole had the concussion last year. He's like, look, I don't want to put you on the shelf again. I don't want that on my conscience. I think you need to take it for yourself and, you know, just, just chill out for a little bit. And all of a sudden, Tony Schiavone stands up mm -hmm. with a microphone that eventually works and... Earlier in the night, he and RJ City were drawing names for the Blind Eliminator Tournament that they announced on Collision. Now, we all said, what does that mean? It's a deadly game, or a deadly draw tournament that they did a few years ago. Yeah, so we were like, okay, what does this mean? Is it just that teams are drawn at random and they don't know who they're going to be facing in, on, each, on any given week? Or is it names are pulled out of a hat at random and they become yeah. teams. I figured that would be That's what it was. That's kind of what I thought as yeah. well. They did it to uh, to great success in TNA a number of years ago. And when I say a number of years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Time's a, a tricky little thing. Mm -hmm. and uh, So that's what they got. And he had RJ City and Tony Schiavone draw out two names. And he went, oh, those are interesting. The brackets will be announced next week. In this segment, Tony Schiavone announced that the first two names that he drew who are going to be teaming together in this Blind Eliminator tournament are MJF and Adam Cole. So I have a number of thoughts about this. Please. Because I typically am not the biggest fan of these blind tag partner tournament type things. Because either you gimmick it and you just happen to pull the name out of the hat of the two guys that are feuding for the world title. How did that happen? Wouldn't you know who won the pony? Or... These things happen to this. <laughs> or, I mean... Yeah, I'm not going to spoil the next Blood on the Clock Tower. But there is some nuttiness in terms of random ass assignment of, of characters and things. But you either do it the other way, where you do it as a shoot, and mm -hmm. you just get a bunch of random pairings of people and go... All right, well, none of this means anything. Yeah, it's, it's Penser and John Silver. So, with those being the two options, I prefer this one. I'm willing for it. Because 
I think the can they coexist thing has been way played out over the last few years. But I think this is one I'm more than willing to tolerate because I said in my editor review, this is something that gives me flashbacks to like the Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, 2002. We hate each other, but goddamn, you two just let's put you together and see if you can make something together type team as opposed to like Sasha and Bianca on their road to WrestleMania for some reason challenging for the tag titles. Yeah. Here they have to be a team because they've been assigned here. And there's a lot of things they can play with in this where MJF looked up to Adam Cole. So maybe deep down he does want to earn this guy's respect. Maybe he does deep down look at this guy and go, I get to team with Adam Cole. That's kind of cool. You would never say that. But there's a lot of things that they can play with here if they make it through a round or two of this tournament before maybe losing in the semifinals because MJF inevitably turns on him or something like that. There's just a lot more depth to this rivalry that I think can help with a gimmick like the can they coexist type thing. Yeah, I don't think this is Cena and Michaels winning the tag belts. Right. I, I think this is, the, you know, it's part of the story. I, I've made this point on a, a episodes in, in the past on the, the can they coexist thing. Can they coexist is a good story. Yeah. It is a perfectly fine and legitimate story. The only reason why Can They Coexist became the meme that it did is because WWE did it on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. It was every week of TV, Can They Coexist? To the point where like WWE's own social media were making fun of the fact that they always do the Can They Coexist thing. Yeah. But Can They Coexist is a good story and it works very well within the world of professional wrestling. Because you're right, like I hadn't even considered what the matches could look like. Mm -hmm. Do you just have MJF just drop down off the apron immediately and walk away? Which yeah. is, you know, it's, it's only an easy way out of it. But wouldn't it be really fun if they started working together well. Like they have that moment where they do like a couple of double team moves and they look at each other and Max has this realization of like, oh, I could win more gold. Mm -hmm. I could win another another belt to, to add to my collection here and make even more money and have Tony Khan over, over even more of a barrel. Like there's some really fun that could be had with that. And then I love the making, actually making it out of the first round, getting to the semifinals or something like that or getting to the quarterfinals. There's, that could be really fun. I think there's so much that they could choose to do this. Now, granted, this is a deep cut. They did the, I think it was the second ever Dusty Rhodes tag classic. And I was thinking, oh, they could do so many fun things with Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger as a team. And then they did exactly that, where Bobby Roode just hopped off the apron and mm -hmm. walked away in the first match. And I went, oh, <laughs> never mind. But again, the fun of all of this is to fantasy book and like talk about what they could do. But imagine if this is a sort of run that starts getting people to kind of cheer the team because this act is very over right now. Yeah. This is a hot angle. I had a good match. They're having good promos. People like Adam Cole. They hate Max. So if they then go out there and win a couple of these matches, like I don't think people are going to boo those matches and boo those wins. So if they have a couple of these wins and MJF starts looking around a little bit, and then turns again like he is always one to do. I just think there's so much to play with here. Yeah, particularly because they had a moment in this segment where they were on the same page. Yep. Because Tony Schiavone, when he stands up, both of them on the microphone looked up at the commentary desk and at the same time said, Shut up, Schiavone! 
brilliant. So good. Because Max hates Shivani. Mm-hmm. And Adam Cole really hates Tony Schiavone because yep. of his friendship with Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. And they, they played off of that. And they had this moment of just like, huh, that's something we have in common. Yeah. I, I'm i really excited. Like, I am really kind of hoping that this lasts more than just a week or yeah. whenever they do the first first one of these. You did the show with Ollie. I believe you did the show with Ollie when the, the Sammy and MJF team broke mm, up and, right. and Ollie made the point of just like oh it's almost over too soon because I was actually really enjoying their act together mm-hmm. yeah it's so fun because MJF is such a character who has perfected the sports entertainment side of wrestling yeah he is someone that the longer you drag out a turn or him working his partner or trying to to just work the fans into thinking he's on someone's side when everybody knows that the thing is coming but he's so good at just making those weeks entertaining and that's something that not a lot of people have been able to do and it's really to me the key of long-term wrestling storytelling is just being able to lengthen things out and not have people get tired of it. Mm-hmm. And he is the master of it in AEW right now. He's the one who could take something like this that under somebody else might have a two-week shelf life and make it something to last halfway through the summer if they want to have MJF Cole be the all-out or all-in title defense. Yeah. Either way, like they could make this last a month, a month and a half, or two months or something. Yeah. We don't like, we're making the assumption that it's MJF Punker all out just based on what happened on Collision. Mm-hmm. But hey, there's every chance that it could be something else. Yeah. And they just drag that out even further and just ex- not drag it out as like a negative, but extend it out even further. I'm really excited to see like the other teams in this tournament as well. Just yeah, like what other like random pairings are we gonna get? Some random we, worked pairings. If we start getting a lot of like other main event kind of level guys in this who get paired with whoever else, the plethora of excellent workers in AEW, all of a sudden there's a lot of really fun matches that could come together that we normally wouldn't get a chance to see. Do you know what pairing I'd want? To, if I, you know, because this is a worked thing, mm. Eddie and Claudio. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Eddie and Claudio on the same team. That's the one where, like, they are facing a couple of heels, and the heels just, like, step back, and they just fight. <laughs> yeah. They don't even try to coexist. They just fight. Exactly. Uh, Ain't I, no way they're on the same team. And I, I you know, I kind of like the idea of your tag teams being broken up in a, in a certain way and then being across the ring from one another. So, mm-hmm. obviously, FTR are on the tournament. They're the tag champs. But say, for example, it's uh, the Lucha Bros. I was just going to say, put Phoenix partners. and someone else yeah. as a like, tag team. It ends up being Penta and Vikingo versus Phoenix and Commander. Like, Ooh, and that's, that's like that's your first round match. That's that's very <laughs> lucharific. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Or you could even have I, okay. I'm going to fancy put this even further. It's Penta and Vikingo versus Phoenix and Brian Cage. Like yeah. or Lance Archer. Like this lone monster among <laughs> these three lucha dudes. <laughs> it's fun, and to me, this sort of tournament again gives them the ability to be kind of creative. And just do whatever you want for a couple of months. You're not locked into, oh, well, these guys have different allegiances to different factions or tag teams or whatever. You can just mess about, make some fun TV for a couple of months. And I hope they do that. (gasps) Orange Cassidy and Minoru Suzuki. 
Yeah. As, as that's one of your teams. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like <laughs> I've seen people like, like Miro and Malachi Black, OC and Mox, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian. Wow. I mean, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would be like a tag team that split up being put back together. Mm-hmm. That's quite fun. There aren't that many of those in, in AEW, like the, the proper tag teams yeah. that have split up. Yeah. So much point of that. Swerve and Lee Ooh, get put yeah. back together. I mean, we could, we could eventually get a singles match out of it. Oh, God. <laughs> but shout out as well. We've got a AEW are in the chat. So hello, everyone. Hi, AEW. Granted, they only had one question on their mind, which is where the hell is Ollie? Yeah. <laughs> He's at Glastonbury, everyone. But yeah, thank you very much to AEW for joining us today. Uh, I hope you're writing these suggestions that we're saying down. Because, yeah. Like, These are some good ones. I, yeah. I'll text Will later. Like, <laughs> 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 Here's a really good idea for you, Will. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, let's get into uh, your Omega chat on this one and see what you have to say about this topic. Uh, BM Whitehouse kicked things off to say, fun fact, MJF in theory have held the AEW and US titles for around the same length of time, seven months, and yet both men feel like they just won them. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Personally, I feel like they've barely done anything with the belts. I disagree strongly. <laughs> I, I Well, I agree that... Uh, it only feels like MJF has had the belt for a short amount of time, but then I think, like, man, he's done so much with that belt yeah. since he won it. Uh, theory, I would have said, won that, like, 
two months ago. And and it's like because he is he has done nothing with that. Belt. Yeah. I, I mean I've said like every week on the SmackDown podcast that I don't understand what we're doing with the US title. <laughs> Someone tweeted, When do you think Austin Theory should lose this title? I was like, last Friday. Last Friday. <laughs> when he faced Jey Uso or any of the other times that he's defended it recently. Just like yeah, MJF on the other hand, like has had two absolutely banging pay-per-view defenses mm-hmm. of this title as well as the Ricky Starks promo and match. Uh, and match that were both very good. He's had... Uh, the Adam uh, Cole promo The Adam match. Cole promo and match. There's a lot... He doesn't get as much credit for this sort of thing because he doesn't wrestle as often on TV. Yeah, the Takeshita match. But I think we've named every match he's had this year, aside from the tag he had with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. But it's a very solid reign. My, my point was more like... Every match has been great. Yes. He hasn't had a bad match since he won that belt. His batting average is impeccable this year. (laughs) And where I find the difference to be here is Austin Theory. I'm thinking he should have lost this title like a week and a half ago or a month and a half ago. MJF, I'm like, if he holds another six months, I'm not mad. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm off the Theory train. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on to something else. I, I thoroughly agree. <laughs> I'm real glad he ain't on Raw anymore. Yeah, can I have Walter back? <laughs> oh, no. We can, got, we, can we? No, we've got the IC over? title now, I'm afraid. Uh, ooh, Kingslayer says, hey, just wondering, do you guys think that MJF and Cole might win the tag titles? Or will that be pure madness? And I would love it. Maybe MJF walks out in the tag match and Cole wins the titles alone. The problem is, like, I, I don't want to adapt to FTR. Like, yeah. Cole just beating them two on one. If it, He could beat the Guns two on one if they were yeah. still the champions. Absolutely. If it were, Yeah, if the Guns were still champs, 100%. But it's FTR. Like, yeah. I think you need to protect fdr a little bit more than that i doubt it but like getting mjf back into the the gravitational pull of cm punk like that could be a way to do it mm-hmm. but again i don't necessarily see it uh Samad ali said it's time to eat crow when jeff jarrett debuted back in november i figured it would be a short run and here we are seven months later and i look forward to jarrett segments more than cm punk hashtag luke was always right that double or nothing match Won me over. <laughs> I'm on the Team TNA hype train. Toot, toot. Listen. When, you, when you pull it down, it goes, Yeah. <laughs> I feel slightly defeated, but also elevated. <laughs> Well, we'll get into uh, the rest of your Omega Chats later in the show because we get to talk about that Jeff Jarrett segment very, very shortly. But this episode of Dynamite opened with the Hardys wrestling on Dynamite. This doesn't happen very often. Taking on the ass boys of uh, Colton and Aston Gunn. Um, I mean, I've, I've got one note for this. I've written basic but fun tag match. Yeah. It, it was solid enough. Solid enough. It was a lot of cheating from the guns, yep. just like, you know, standard heel stuff. One of them, I think Colton put Austin's foot on the ropes after he was hit with a twist of fate. Uh, they, they went for a lot of twists of fates in this in this match. Yeah, that was, and, it was a fun spot because they did the twist of fate and then one of the ass boys put the other ass boy's foot on the ropes and yeah. then they reversed that into a roll up of their own and put their feet back on the ropes to get yeah. the leverage. That's fun. That's fun. They went for another twist of fate. I think one of them like pulled their arms so they wouldn't fall down and, and stuff like that. And then finally, it was just kind of, 
a distraction finish. And it was his. It's fine, I suppose. Yeah. You got heat with me, Tony, having the <laughs> ass boys beat the Hardy boys, but was, I know what the game is. I know what you're going to do. These uh, guys have to be off TV, apparently, due to the, that report that yeah. you know, Jeff can't make it into Canada, and there that's was, where they're doing a lot of shows. Yeah, there was a fun spot where Jeff split the uprights on both of them at the same time. That mm-hmm. was a fun spot. But yeah, you're right. So the report is Jeff can't travel because of the, the DUI that he got. He can't go into Canada. And they're doing a bunch of shows in Canada like for the next month. Mm. So can't have the Hardys on TV. Just ride them off TV for a bit. Yeah, which is funny because like I didn't think they beat them up that bad. No. But I think this was more just like they take the lost golf TV for a bit. Then they can come back and refeud with Yeah, uh, with the everything guys. I saw of this was, oh, they were written off TV. I was like, were they? Yeah, it's because they lost. They didn't get pilmanized or anything. I, I read it more like when I said that, I was like, oh, well, that's why they lost then. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, that's why they beat them up. Yeah. Uh, so Bullet Club ran down and um, uh, to cause the distraction. The guns hit 310 to Yuma for the win. Uh, Jay then hit the Blade Runner on Matt after the match. Ricky Starks ran down to make the save, but that wasn't enough. So FTR ran down to make the save, but that wasn't enough. And then CM Punk runs down. Uh, Juice Robinson avoids getting hit with the GTS. And Punk stands alongside FTR and Starks. And he challenges them to a match on Collision this Saturday. And this Chicago crowd booed that announcement. This has become a real trend as of late, I've found, where if you have an announcement to make and you're just like, I'll do it on the next show. Everyone in attendance is like, God damn it, I paid for this show. <laughs> so, yeah, Punk, like, it makes the announcement, challenge for collision, the crowd boos. And Punk are like, why are you booing? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a collision guy. I'm not even, it's like Dante. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> My big takeaway out of all of this, CM Punk ran in to save Jeff Hardy. Huh. That's true. Well, I mean, you say that, but I felt like the Hardys were Thanos out of, ex- out of existence. Yeah. In they, as soon as Maybe Ricky Starks ran in. Down. When he got hit yeah. with the Blade Runner, he also like snapped the fingers. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ricky Starks. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Brother Nero. <laughs> and off they dusted away. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of hoping when I heard that, like, oh, that's that's what happened when i checked my email the first thing this morning i was like oh man maybe they set up something for like a few months from now with cm punk and jeff hardy no no <laughs> it's just me you know like, oh i really like that feud they had 14 <laughs> years ago uh we got a video package to hype up jeff jarrett versus mark briscoe in their concession stand brawl i will read you my notes on this match verbatim please they're fighting in the concessions jeff jarrett goes through a table right away mark throws hot dogs at jeff Karen runs in and sprays ketchup and mustard in Mark's eyes. Mark is still on top, though. He climbs a ladder. Sanjay pushes him off that ladder through a table. They roll down to the ring during the ad break. Lethal appears and attacks Mark Briscoe. Jeff Jarrett orders Jay to get a table, but Papa Briscoe stops him and he lays out Jay. Karen then low blows Papa Briscoe. Satnam Singh runs down to stop the Jay driller. Christopher Daniels runs down. Best friends run down. Lucha Brothers run down. They all take out Satnam Singh. Mark pins JJ. That was great fun. Yep, <laughs> you covered time. every single thing that happened. When uh, the second, like, Daniels and Best Friend, and then, like, I was like, bring them on. Let's have more people run in. Who else can we have run in here? Where are the machine guns at? Have them run in for this. I don't know where we go next from all of this, but I am getting, because I was one of the people that really enjoyed the Aubrey Edwards match on Rampage. Loved the Aubrey Edwards match. You know, they, they, got, they got something here. I don't know how long the shelf life of Briscoes and Jarrett and Team TNA and everything is, but 
I've I, had fun every time I've seen it since the pay-per-view. I feel like this was the end of it. I would like to hope so. Yeah, well, like, Jarrett cut this promo on the road to Dynamite saying that if he doesn't beat Mark Briscoe, he's going to step away from AEW. Wow. But they never brought that up on commentary, so I don't know if that was just Jeff being Jeff, and then Tony Khan was like, no, I've booked you for too many things. Yeah. Um. But So I don't, I don't know. I didn't really feel like it played into anything on this. But uh, I had a great time with this match. I thought it was real stupid, silly fun. And... It's one of the things I, I really like about AEW. It's the the variety. It's yeah, a, it's a proper little pick a mix of a wrestling show because you had this on the same show that Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata were wrestling. Yes, hundred percent. And it is a slight nitpick because it is my biggest uh, well, not biggest, but it's one of my pet peeves about wrestling. It's anytime you have some sort of falls count anywhere brawl street fight thing, and they start somewhere else and they end in the ring. Yeah, weird to end in the ring. The ring has a gravitational pull <laughs> that draws wrestlers towards it. I never understood it. Anytime a Falls Can Anywhere match ends in the ring, I was like, you guys are just not creative enough. Yeah, uh, as Adam Blompier might describe this match, it was silly bollocks. It sure was. It sure was. An yeah. accurate description. Uh, we got a, a recap of last week's incredible ending to Dynamite that sadly did not get the big follow-up this week because the Elite were not there this week. Hangar wasn't on the show, Bucks weren't on the show, Omega wasn't on the show. Instead, they did this little backstage pre-tape instead. Um which we'll get to in a little bit. But first, Don Callis and Takeshita were hanging out with the Blackpool Combat Club with Mox challenging the elite and some partners. Bear in mind, Kenny can't be because Kenny's busy with Will, so he's challenging the Hung Bucks. So a five-on-five match at Forbidden Door with BCC teaming with Takeshita and Shota Umino. Yeah, that's my guy. And Danielson promises that he's going to call out Okada later on. Said Okada was a coward. Yeah, he did. How dare he? Fighting words. So is Takeshita just in this group now? I don't know. No, he is with Don Callis. But Don Callis and him were just hanging out with them this time. Oh, yeah, because they were challenging him to a match. Yeah. I don't know what it was about this one, where this segment in particular, I think it was just Moxley being like, ah, we're we're the top guys in, in this company. Mm-hmm. We know it. Don Callis and Takeshita know it. They're here. I was like, okay, interesting. There's a lot of synergy going on between these two yeah. little faction group things. I mean, I, I think because we're likely building towards blood and guts. Yeah. Sorry, I, I apologize if I'm just looking at my laptop. It's because there was a, a Don Callis thing that I really wanted to find. Yeah. Uh, you, you carry on. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem with it one way or the other. I like these guys together. I always thought that Blackpool Combat Club would be kind of a fun place for Takesh to, to end up. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I don't know, I think they work. Is a good guy. Like he's a. He's not that young. He's like a, not actually that young. He's just kind he of just a new. Feels young. He's he feels young because he's a new face for the American audience and yeah. everything. It's kind of like a, a Damien Priest. Like Damien Priest is not young. Like Damien Priest is older than Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. but he feels younger because he's kind of new, still new within WWE. Yeah, relatively speaking. Relatively speaking. And yeah, I mean, I am very excited for this 10-man tag because I love Shota Umno. I love Takeshita. I love Claudio. I love John Moxley. And Wheeler Yuta is also good. He is also there. I like him. I found my Don we'll Carson. Uh, I found my Don Carson I was looking for. Uh, he has done an interview where he has said, uh, Kaneske Takeshita walks into a room and his dick has already been there for two minutes. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Don. <laughs> I appreciate it. you. 
Uh, we've got a video package hyping up Collision. And then we got a six-man tag of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki taking on AR Fox, Action Andretti, and Darius Martin. I particularly enjoyed Minoru Suzuki doing the Sammy Guevara pose with Chris Jericho. Yep. Thought that was good fun. I particularly hated the cameras cutting away from that shot. Yeah, didn't like the camera missing it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, there was some like fun trio stuff in a lot of this, you know, like AR Fox did his uh, sort of inverted um, 450 and all that sort of stuff. They they kind of played up the action Andretti Chris Jericho history with him getting a couple of near falls, but eventually Jericho got the lion tamer on Martin for the win. I thought this was a very fun trios match, and to me, this was another one that kind of stood out as the fun trios match of this show and that kind of variety pack wrestling style that you were talking about. Like you have your, your kind of garbage nonsense, uh, concession stand, weird street fight tables, tornado tag, whatever you want to call it type match. In this case, the concession stand brawl that's over there on one side, but then you also have like the fun high flying trio versus the heels that are big stars and, and everything kind of trios match. And, this was my favorite match on the show. Hmm. I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of like, I'm a big fan of AR Fox. Mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of his for a very long time. Big fan of Darius Martin. Been a big fan of his for a very long time. And of course, anytime I get to see Minoru Suzuki in a match, that just immediately boosts the match an entire star. It's always great. And the showdown that Minoru Suzuki had with Darius Martin about halfway through this match, when Suzuki had the sleeper hold on someone probably ar fox or something and darius just came up behind him and hit him and the crowd starts chanting you effed up you effed up you effed up and suzuki just turns around and he's like hey, 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 hey. <laughs> i'm gonna kill you murder grandpa shows yeah up. and he just does one great. shot one little forearm shot and he drops yep you only get one shot this this was a, again a crowd that knew to respect this man Treated him like a star, and he came off like a star. And I I find it so funny that in this match with these three high-flying young guys and a really good old-school Jericho and Sammy Guevara pairing and everything, the things that got the biggest reaction on this in this match were Minoru Suzuki posing and Minoru Suzuki doing a slow turn. <laughs> a pro. Uh, Renee Paquette comes down to the ring to interview Jericho and asks about Sting, and so Jericho takes the mic off her and... Renee leaves. Thanks for coming, Renee. Um, Renee has good questions, though. <laughs> she does. I want to give her credit for this because it's like the craziest thing about all these WWE backstage people. It's the question they ask is always stupid. It's like, you're facing someone tonight. Your thoughts? Like, what? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah. Whereas Renee in AEW always has a good question to ask. She feels like a real reporter interview person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he says that uh, Sting is not a Hall of Famer. He's a whore. Uh, and he. A whore challenges a hoor a hoor as he, they say in western canada he challenges sting and darby and a partner to a match of forbidden door so it'll be jericho sammy and suzuki versus the dudes with attitude and whoever they want to have um and sting comes out to accept the challenge and darby says we've got a guy for this sunday and you'll find out who it is on collision Ooh, the crowd. <laughs> funny i've seen shingo tweet like I guess it's not me. You guys didn't call me this time. Mm. So it is, in fact, as we're being led to believe, not Shingo Takagi, which makes sense because Shingo doesn't have any history with Chris Jericho. Because that's the other line in this. Darby says you made a lot of enemies. Yeah. 
uh, you know, over your history. So I know like some people were running with the idea that it's Goldberg. Um, but we talk about this on, we've got the predictions for Forbidden Door going up tomorrow and you and I talk about it then. But we are both thinking Naito. Yeah. Makes the most sense for a Forbidden Door show. Yeah. New Japan guy, doesn't have a match, has a lot of history with Jericho. They basically feuded for a year. Really good matches as well. So a lot to get excited about if it is indeed Naito, but we'll find out on Saturday. Did you hear who the uh, other potential match was for Punk? Because you know it's Kojima. I've heard a couple of them. There was like El Phantasmo. Was that's one. the one. Like, yeah. I was like, ah oh, man. Like I'm, I'm psyched in this Kojima because that's fun. But I love ELP. ELP. And, and I was like, ELP versus Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be, I'd really like that. It's babyface ELP these days as well. It's interesting because yeah. he's like, you know, I feel like everybody really got used to him as like the dickhead, douchebag, bullet club guy. It's less fun ELP, yeah. but it's still ELP. He's still a fantastic high-flying junior heavyweight. Yeah. So, um, We then had RJ City and Tony drawing the names. The names that they will announce the brackets next week. Backstage, the elite in a pre-tape said, uh, look, uh, we have friends to accept the Blackpool Combat Club's challenge. And Eddie Kingston walks in and is like, just, you know, we're not friends. <laughs> we're not friends. See, you know, I feel like I, I it was a poor decision on my part when we were all playing Herd Mentality. And I said that the best promo in wrestling is Eddie Kingston simply because of the timing. I think if we get another two or three promos from Eddie Kingston on TV, I think I would have gotten a lot more support you in that round. Done, yeah. Because he is the goddamn most entertaining person when he's talking. He's the best promo in AEW, but he's not been on TV for a while. And when you're playing herd mentality, sometimes you need that recency. I didn't play into the recency bias of it. But seeing Eddie Kingston in any sort of situation where he can talk makes me so happy. magic. He puts a smile on my face every time. No matter if it's a 10-second promo or a 10-minute promo, He's going to kill it. And this was just like, this was such a little thing, but he just kind of comes in and he's like, listen, I don't like you. Don't here's, like here's a tiny violin. Yeah. But I, don't I, hate, like I hate Claudio more. I, I think Claudio is worse than you guys. And he said, and because I don't like you guys, and I don't trust you guys, I'm going to be the one to pick the partner. And I'm going to announce who the partner is later. Yeah. Partner. Excellent. It was awesome. And like the great thing about Eddie is that he rules in these sorts of segments where he is just like, it's Eddie. But when he needs to turn on that drama, mm-hmm. and he turned on the drama when we got into that main event segment. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm oh, so excited. so good. We got the uh, Adam Cole and MJF segment, and they announced the brackets for the Owen Hart Cup this year. So as we mentioned earlier, it's Punk versus Kojima at Forbidden Door. Um, it's also Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe. So that's, Hell yeah. That's one side of the brackets. Sign me up for that. Punk Kojima, Strong and Joe. And then on the other side of the bracket, it's Dustin Rhodes and Powerhouse Hobbs and Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks. Um, I'm looking at this as a final of Punk and Starks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. You know, you do the, the Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs reunion match uh, in the, the semis over there. Yep. That That's fun you do punk and joe and the semis on the other side that's fun and you lead to punk and starks i think that's pretty good you know they're doing a little team thing in the eight man yep there's some history building he's the one guy from team taz that punk didn't face when he came in two years ago well i say that he only faced hobbs but he called out everybody 
and he fa- yeah yeah he did didn't he i thought he was face took for a second but no. and, and he also like when he came in said he's one of the guys i want to work with he's one yep. of the young guys i want to like put over is is, is ricky stark so yeah. it makes sense for starks to be the one to make it to the final and i think him teaming with them at collision is, is a good bit of foreshadowing for that yeah it is interesting it, it, it does feel like a bit of a telegraphed uh tournament a little bit in that respect but Still, there's going to be some really good matches like Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe. Ooh, make me feel like it's 2005. I was going to say, we're bringing back that Ring of Honor X Division magic. Hell yeah. On the women's side of things, it's Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho and Anna JAS versus Sky Blue on one half of the bracket. And then the other half is Nyla Rose versus Willow Nightingale that is taking place this Saturday at Collision. And on the pre show for Forbidden Door, it's Athena versus Billy Starks. Yeah, Billy Starks. Woo! We go into this a little bit on tomorrow's uh, broadcast for the uh, the predictions, but you're really excited that Billy Starks is shown. I'm stoked that Athena has made it back to pay yeah. you, even I, if it I'm, is on the buy-in. <laughs> I, I'm such a fan of Billy Starks. I, I was at a Black Label Pro show mm. that she wrestled on a year and a bit ago, and she was like the by far the biggest highlight of the show to me. It absolutely blew me away. I was looking at this tournament bracket earlier. I think this might be a tournament that Sky Blue wins. I was about to ask you who you think this could be, because I think Baker beat Soho. I don't know, though. I think they might give Soho something. That's a good point, actually, because like, I mean, because Baker's the only one going in there as the defending champion, because yeah. Cole's not in the tournament this year. So yeah, you're right. Like Soho beats Baker, probably with some outcasts. Because that was the, the finals last year. That's right, it was. Yeah, so you could do some outcast interference. Uh, Delio's there. Sky Blue beats uh, Anna Jay. Willow beats Nyla Rose and Athena beats Willie uh, Willie Starks. That's <laughs> her brother. Um, uh, Billy Starks. And then you can have Nightingale beat Athena. Or do you have... Oh, no, yeah. Or do you have Athena win and then it's you do Athena Sky Blue in the main event, mm-hmm. like in the finals? I don't know. Because they're, they're strapping the rocket to Sky Blue. Yeah. And Getting all... that win last week on Collision, I think, is a big tell. That And she has come a long way very quickly yeah because i vote like it's very clear that she has star potential you know you look at her and yeah it's gonna work out for us as soon as the wrestling could catch up and the wrestling has caught up yeah her matches recently have been very good and very crisp and if that continues like it looks like it's going to there's no reason that you don't capitalize on this right now and give her a big win like this at a, a, a moment on Sunday when I was scrolling through Twitter and I felt like I couldn't go three tweets without seeing Sky Blue's ass being like tweeted well, all over yeah. the place. And I had this moment because not only was it Sky Blue's butt, but everyone praising Sky Blue. And I had this real like, do it for her. <laughs> like every picture was Sky Blue's butt. Listen, that one person who posted that video knew what they were doing. <laughs> and they sure did. Sky Blue knew what she was doing. She turned around and winked and everything. Yep. She, everybody knew. Everybody's in on it. Uh, we then had the tag match that we were all excited for last week. This was my match of the night. Orange Cassidy and Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. Oh, I loved this so much. Uh, even just small little things. Like, Orange Cassidy felt like he had to do chops in this match. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, hurt his hand. Because those injuries are catching up with him. Yep. The battery is running low on that poor boy. And then you just got to watch Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. Like rekindle their fire and their feud. And it was so good watching them wrestle again. We got through two ad breaks, and there's so much of this was dedicated 
to this match. And then all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy does Daniel Garcia's dance. And it's, yep. this is an incredible <laughs> tag match. And the other bit that made me pop so hard in all of this, Garcia is the only man in this match who isn't a champion. Mm-hmm. Because Orange Cassidy is the international champion. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is the uh, the TV champion. And Shibata is the pure champion. Mm-hmm. So Daniel Garcia almost felt like he was the one that was trying to show, no, I'm just as good as you guys as well. Because he has this moment where he sits down, he does the Shibata sit down, and he's like, kick me. I want to show you how tough I am. So Shibata and Orange Cassidy do Orange Cassidy's kicks on him. <laughs> 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 no, not like that. <laughs> it's such a perfect mix of characters, though, isn't it? Because like you have the the very serious Daniel Garcia, his character from the last year, you know, where he is a pro wrestler in disguise yeah. as a sports entertainer, doing the dance, doing the dance and everything. But deep down, like he is a technical wizard on the, you know, the same style tier as, as Zack Sabre Jr. And Brian Danielson, that mm-hmm. kind of wrestler. So he is deep down wanting to show you yeah, I'm tough. I can hang with these guys. And then to have the sports entertainment thing start being thrown back at him by Orange Cassidy and Shibata of all people. Yeah, right. Uh, it's so much fun. I had so much fun with this match for like a few different reasons. Like if this was a different era, I would almost want like Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia to be like a PWG tag team for a while. Because there was like an era a few years ago where it didn't matter if you were aligned with different factions in New Japan. You could go to PWG and just like do a, a night's worth of tag matches. Yeah. And they would just be fantastic because you could p- pair guys like Zack Sabre Jr. and a Daniel Garcia together. I think they would do so well as an extended tag team. Yeah. And this whole match really did kind of set me up to go like, you know what? I am on board with this four-way match at at Forbidden Door that we didn't know we were getting at the time, but it was announced soon afterwards. I was just happy to see Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling on a dynamite card. Mad. Who would have thought, like, three years ago? I mean, they were even saying this on commentary, being like, if you don't know who Shibata is, let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And he tells the story of the brain surgery. And I was like, this man nearly died. Nearly died. Nearly died with his open brain surgery that he had to go through. And here he is now. I will never forget the day he came back and took a bump. Yeah. He just like, he just stepped into the ring and he just took a flat back bump. And it was like, <sighs> What? It's insane. Yeah. I cannot believe it. He's not human. Nope. Absolutely not. Thank God for modern medicine and right? everything. But like, yeah, it, it. I'm not getting into the whole Shibata thing again, but like Shibata missing that like golden age of, of New Japan, where if he, he would have been everybody's favorite wrestler in the world yep. if he had wrestled for those few years when Omega got hot and drew all the eyes onto, onto New Japan. And he just missed all of that. Like, the, the first Omega Okada match and Shibata ending are like a month and a half apart. Yeah. It's tragic. And so now just to see him back wrestling again, like six years after that, it just like, I don't even have words for it, really. It's, it's you know, it's the same thing we got with Danielson. Yeah. Like we all thought, oh, edge wrestling. Yeah. Like we thought we'd lost, you know, getting to see these guys again. And here we are. We're now like four days away from watching Brian Danielson wrestle Okada. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
that is nuts to me. Yeah. But I and I'm but I'm glad of it. So yeah, great, great stuff. This and yeah, they it was friendly fire that cost the good guys the match in this between Orange Cassidy and Shibata. So Garcia got the win on Shibata. Perfect guy to win this one. The only one who wasn't a champion going in, like who was looking to show himself as being on the same level as these mm-hmm. guys. So him getting the win in this match, I think, it's a very smart move. And they announce it'll be a four way, and all four of them grab hold of that i uh, the international championship. And eventually, Orange Cassidy, like people are now sharing the picture of it because all three of them are holding the bell. And Orange Cassidy is looking directly at the camera, being like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Please just give oh, me just, my belt. Let me, let me have one night off from defending this belt. <laughs> oh, this poor guy. This poor guy. He is going through it at the moment, but I, I, I love it. Uh, backstage, Will Osprey is chatting with Alex Marvez, running down Canadians just sickening and then don Callis walks up and he says will you're right kenny omega is inciting hatred and violence from ken from canada and i know those people they will be violent and they will be hate-filled when you get there yeah i mean you ever see vancouver after the 2011 uh, stanley cup that was some hate some hate fire it's the only Canadian riot I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed you could think of one. Uh, and Callis offers uh, Will his personal security to make sure that Will can get to the airport and, and get to the building and not be mobbed by you angry Canadians that want to destroy this young man's life. And Will says, what's in it for me, bruv? And Callis says, I just want to see a fair fight. He is such a piece of crap. I love it. I love him for it so much. He is, I like him and Heyman are the best heel managers of like, I don't know, the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Who else? Like, yeah, you know. It, I, granted, the managerial pool has thinned out a lot since the eighties and everything, but like these are two guys that would be right up there with like the best of the best of the 80s and everything also when maurice burchard got suspended by the nhl in like 1940 something <laughs> that was another one there was a riot in montreal i i, I remembered another Canadian found another they Canada both have to do with hockey <laughs> we take this sort of thing very seriously <laughs> sometimes i think the hockey thing's a meme but no then you tell me stories about canada's like oh no it is like it's a real thing mm-hmm. turns out uh we've got a video promo out of nowhere, it's Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale for the AEW World Champion, uh, Women's Championship at Forbidden Door. I bet it'll be a good match. I'm sure it'll be great. I love Willow. I love Tony. I know they've been doing some bits and bobs on TV and they had the tag match at Collision, but wow, this was just like, oh yeah, we're having a title match at the Forbidden Door. You know, the New Japan show. Yeah. I guess. Speaking of the women, this is technically the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. For the TBS Championship, Chris Statlander defending against Taya Valkyrie. Here's a fun fact for your kids. Chris Statlander has had more in-ring minutes since winning the TBS Championship than Rhea Ripley and Asuka. I also saw that tweet, and it blows my tiny little mind. That is an insane statistic. I mean... What can you say at this point? I get it that this is the wrestling show, but <laughs> my God, give me a break. Oh, I mean, I, I said this in the Raw review. Rhea Ripley has wrestled for like less than 15 minutes since she won that belt. Mm-hmm. And she's had that belt for a while now. Yep. Since WrestleMania. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since WrestleMania. WrestleMania oh. was months ago. A whole bunch of stuff's happened since then. 
But yeah, so shout out to Chris Statlander for, yes. for getting her minutes in. And she had a really good match here. I really enjoyed this match. And I it feels difficult a lot of the time to praise what we're getting now from Chris Statlander as TBS champion without sounding like you're being really harsh towards mm -hmm. Jade Cargill and everything. But it is such a breath of fresh air to see this title like defended regularly in competitive matches. Yeah. Because that to me is one thing. The title was still defended like fairly regularly when it was on Jade Cargill, but you would be lucky if you saw a competitive title match that wasn't on pay-per-view. It yeah. was often just Jade Cargill is wrestling beats four local minute, talent. Four minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's oh, yeah it. On TV, it really was. On like TV, you beat a local seconds. talent. She beats, you know, whoever it might be. Whereas this is like, I don't one necessarily the, the think. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that Chris Statlander is going to be beating people the level of Ty of Valkyrie every week by any means. But I think Chris Statlander is going to be having competitive title matches on TV a lot more often. And it's going to be really interesting if all of a sudden the TBS championship kind of becomes the women's title that's defended on TV a lot. And I could see that kind of making it in people's eyes, maybe become the A title in the women's division. She is doing a lot to make this title feel very credible because, right, like it's nothing against Jade. It was against the booking yeah. of Jade, really, uh, which is just that the title belt just felt like this prop that Jade was carrying around because title defenses never really felt like they meant much of anything. Yeah. But all of a sudden, Chris Statlander has made them feel really, and it's, it's long competitive matches has helped doing that. Yeah. So he's got something real special about her. And I maybe it's just because she's doing like the American Sign Language stuff, but all of a sudden I'm like, she just feels so much different to everyone else on the card. Tyre Valkyrie very much playing the heel in mm -hmm. this match as well. Like she was not babyface Tyre here. She was kind of like not making fun of Chris, but she was very much healing it up in this. Yeah. I thought it, it's a shame that like, uh, it was good if you're watching this on the fight feed because you got to see all of the match. It felt like a lot of it took place in the commercial break. Like they did it, went to the commercial break, came back and did the final third mm. back on TV. But that like final third was dead good. Yeah. Statlander muscling her over into that superplex. Yeah. And then hitting her pile driver for the win. Real good. Yeah, Taya hit the, the wing clipper. Yeah. Angel Garza's finish and she hit the sliding German suplex and it's always one of the things where I of course really enjoy Dynamite probably a lot more than I would because I watch it on fight and therefore see everything that happens during the commercial breaks and and such so the matches always feel much less interrupted than WWE matches or even matches if you're watching in picture in picture but I saw this and just went like this just feels so refreshing and again, I, I totally agree with you that Chris Statlander just feels, I don't know what the what word I'm looking was, for. It's just organically yeah. kind of popular. And maybe we just haven't seen a real, like, wholesome baby face in the women's division on top in a very long time. Because even, like, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, mm -hmm. they're still, like... Well, we were bad, and we never really turned babyface. Exactly. We're just kind of like, you know, good guys with an edge at this we're point. We're just fighting other bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And there hasn't really been anybody else, because Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue haven't been picking up wins on TV until very recently, that now you do just get to see, like, a babyface who's a babyface through and through just winning matches. Maybe that's just it. And 
I'm all for it. I'm all in. I, I think this is really great. Uh, and back in the day, I think back to like our old Dynamite reviews that we did when Chris like when first came into the company. She was doing the alien gimmick and stuff and the booping of the nose. And me and Ollie were like, yeah, you know, like, I, she's a really great wrestler, but like I, this, this character's not working for me. I don't know what it is. She thinks she's an alien. I don't really know. I don't really get it. But a lot of people were really like defending it and not like having a go at us for not liking it. But we're like, guys, I can't see. I can't see what you can't see. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing. And I now see it. Like well, I, I now see like I get it and I'm like, oh, I now see what people saw. They saw through a lot of the gimmick stuff mm-hmm. that she was doing and just saw this really affable, likable person. Yeah. And, I, and I, unless I, of course she's cutting promos on um <laughs> on <laughs> poor old Layla Hirsch. I com- yeah. I completely agree with that. I will say that the not necessarily the booping of the nose, but people selling the booping of the nose. Like if they were mind controlled into whatever when they got booped on the nose, that was my limit. Yeah. I couldn't handle that. That was like enough. Orange Cassidy doesn't have anything on the ridiculousness of this. And as far like, I don't know when she stopped doing that, but it was fairly early on. I think people only sold the nose like a couple times. That, was, she was and not the alien for very long no. in AEW. Then she just became like, then she was with best friends and it was just the face paints yeah. on Still her. probably build from like the Andromeda Galaxy and stuff. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't care where you're build from and stuff, but... Once they got rid of that, I really bought into Chris Statlander, and I. it's such a shame that she's missed so much time over the last few years, because if she had been healthy this entire time, I'm sure she would have been like AEW Women's World Champion by this point. Uh, they announced a few things for Collision. You know, we've got Brody King versus uh, Andrade. A show. You know, we've got this uh, this eight-man tag with CM Punk, FTR, and Ricky Starks taking on the Bullet Club Gold and the Ass Boys. And Swerve Strickland versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I didn't want to do a real, spe- a real <laughs> spit take because this is a lovely new studio. <laughs> but god damn no, I don't know like, Oh yeah and by the way Swerve Strickland versus Tur- Oh okay we're doing that are we Like if, if he wasn't involved in the World Championship match Put that on Forbidden Door <laughs> I want to see that I am so th- A show It is It's starting to feel that way man A show Look at these matches Brody King wrestling I'm all in Yeah Andrade wrestling Great Buddy Matthews wrestling Great uh, That Buddy Andrade match that was my match of the night. Like I, awesome. I, I've not stopped thinking about it all yeah. week. It was so good. Everything just again is, is not a collision review, but that show feels so fresh because it is populated with people we haven't seen in a bunch of <laughs> matches for the last year. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's a bunch of trouble children in some cases, but they're trouble children I haven't seen wrestle le- lately, so I'm into it. And, but I'll, you know, then you pull in Swerve, who's not been a problem child, mm-hmm. and Tanahashi. Yeah, you're like, oh, cool. One of the the best ever, and like one of my favorite guys. Mm, I wish I was in Toronto this weekend. I'm really looking forward to Collision, and then our main event is was a two a, kind of a two way segment. Yeah, it was advertised as two different things, and I was looking at the clock, being like, I don't know, you get both of these done. Yeah, it was Eddie Kingston coming out to address his haters and address his enemies, and <laughs> announce the partner for Forbidden Door, but also to kind of call out marks. And it was also advertised as Brian Danielson calls out Okada. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Kingston bit first. Yes. Kingston comes out and he's cutting a Kingston promo. 
it's great. It's captivating. Because he is a captivating presence. It's a great word for it. Yeah. That's that that is how I feel. Like he comes out and I want to hear like I my ears prick up and I just like drop everything, stop taking notes, and I just want to listen to what he has to say. And he cannot stand Claudio. And so he call like he's just like, I don't know what my boy, my best friend is doing hanging out with that scumbag. I've told him about he how he's a scumbag and he's still hanging out with him. And out comes Marx. No music. No music. And it's just Marx. He comes out from like his crowd entrance and everything like that, but it's just Marx. And Marx gets in the ring. And Kingston, as cool as a cucumber, just hands him the microphone. Not that Marx got a lot to say, because Kingston was still shouting at him, still yep. talking into that microphone. But Marx had this line where he said, Look, I'm drawing a line here. Or you're drawing a line here. And Eddie's like, you already drew that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like fires up on Moxley about teaming with Claudio. He's a scumbag. And Mox is just standing there and he's not saying anything. And it's like Mox knows he's right. But he's but they're part of the same team. And he can't tell Eddie that he's wrong. It was an incredible performance by Mox. Eddie was so great in this. And it's, uh, you know, you probably could use this as a great example of why Forbidden Door is detracting away from great AEW storylines. Sure. Because, like, I mean, we didn't even talk about in the MJF segment. Tanahashi just appeared on the screen to talk about yeah. their match. Because, really, that's not the thing that we're, no one's focusing on. They're just focusing on the mocks, uh, the, the MJF. And, and I think the same thing here. Like, they announced that Ishii is the partner. That's cool. But Ishii comes out and just gets beaten up because mm-hmm. we've got to move into the next thing with Daniel. And I was like, I, what I want here is just more. Eddie and Mox. Yeah. That to me is what I'm most excited about in all of this. It's not even Eddie and Claudio because I've seen a lot of the Ring of Honor stuff that they've done this year and it's really good. They had a sit down promo where they talked about their title match ahead of Supercard of Honor and that was fantastic television. This to me is now even more interesting because John was like, he was kind of like murmuring to himself almost. He was saying like every time every time and eddie starts firing up and being like every time what mox every time what and you could take this so many different ways like i don't know what moxley is saying by that i don't know if that's just like every time eddie you get close and something gets in your way because you won't let things go maybe or something but there's so much just brewing underneath the surface here and it's so much more fun now looking at what we could see between Eddie and Mox, who are friends who are now on opposite sides, than it is just seeing Eddie and Claudio who hate each other. Yeah. Because, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm all in on that too. Like, more of that on AEW programming would be fantastic. And I'm sure they're going to fight in the match at Forbidden Door, and it will be fantastic. But this, to me now, is maybe how you start to pivot away from the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club when... I would imagine we're going to get blood and guts at a certain point in the near future. And you do that match. And the big problem everyone's always had with blood and guts is that it's never been the feud ender that it should be. I think this could be a really good way to end the elite and Blackpool combat club rivalry that we've got brewing and still continue a thread of all this with Eddie and the Blackpool combat club, but specifically Moxley. This was such excellent storytelling. 
I loved this so much. I'm so excited for Kingston to be back on TV. Yep. I'm excited for Kingston and Moxley doing stuff together because I think back to the pandemic era like when Kingston came in and they had that full gear feud. Mm-hmm. That was just these awesome promo segments that were so great. Captivating again is the word I'm going to use. And then like... I remember how excited I was when Kingston came out for the save in that the barbed wire death match, yeah. and how crushingly disappointing the the you know the the fireworks ended up being. But then them having that little tag run and like moxing Kingston versus the Young Bucks. I've watched that match like four times it's, since it happened. It is so awesome! Awesome! It's so great. So I love seeing them together. But you're right. This is now they are both good guys, but they're not tagging. Mm-hmm. And Moxley is instead tagging with someone, not even just Claudio, because he doesn't like Danielson much either. Nope. So he's tagging with people that he hates. And Kingston doesn't like a lot of people. He can count on one hand holding something, the amount of people that he trusts. And Mox is one of those people, and Mox is hanging with people that he does not trust. Mm-hmm. There's some real good stuff in all of this. Listen. We have been trying to say, for, or we've been trying to theorize about who could beat MJF and stuff. And I know he's been on TV for like two weeks, but I promise you if you heat up Eddie Kingston between now and the end of the year, I don't know if you could have a bigger pop than someone beating MJF than Eddie Kingston beating MJF. He feels like AEW's guy. Yeah. Like, it's only from the fans' perspective anyway, because the fans just love Eddie. Like, I, at the very least, I would do Eddie MJF at Grand Slam. Yeah. Do it at Arthur Ashe. Because it's it's Eddie in New York. It's MJF from Long Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I think there's some magic to be done there. His name's on MJF's list. Yeah. And it, that's right, it is, isn't it? Yeah, Edward. So I want I want to see MJF Kingston real bad, and I'm so excited for all this Kingston, Mox, and Claudio and the Blackpool Combat Club stuff. Love, love, loved all of this. And yeah, he announced that Ishii is the partner. Ishii comes down. The rest of the Combat Club show up. There's no elites because they're not on the show this week. So it's not, not the greatest thing for Ishii because Ishii just gets beaten up and then mm-hmm. he disappears because, well, we've got other stuff on Forbidden Door to promote and we're running low on time. So Brian Danielson has to call out Akada. So then Akada comes down and Akada gets like Wheelie Uta, the little sneaky prick that he is, jumps in behind and attacks Akada. And they're setting Akada up to do the Busaiko knee. Akada moves out of the way. Danielson hits Uta with the knee plus. And then Akada goes to hit the Rainmaker on Danielson, but he escapes. So he, uh, Akada's like, oh, cool, a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like what this uh, chat here says, but I prefer the headcanon that Okada looked at the guy who turned on his chaos brethren in the best friends and said, oh, yeah, you. Let me hit you real quick. Yeah, so he grabs you. Long term storytelling. Grabs you to hits him with the Rainmaker. His music, his music plays. That's how we end the show to promote Danielson and Akada, which you should do. It could be one of the greatest matches of all time. Ever. I'm real looking forward to this. I, I'm. I, you'll see this tomorrow on the, the, the predictions video, but man alive, am I excited for Forbidden Door. I am as well. Like, yeah. I really enjoy these kind, of, uh, these kind of segments that AEW has started doing more of recently, where one segment will kind of lead into another more or less organically. And... I think that is a very fun way to keep a show moving. And I, again, thought that this ending could have felt very rushed. And maybe if you were looking at it from like a, well, they only got two minutes left and Danielson still has to do his thing. I guess from that aspect, it kind of could. 
But I was just looking at this, and nothing felt rushed as it was happening. No. So it all still felt organic in the in how it happened. It was a really good main event segment, this. I, the only thing that I, I think was rushed was the Ishii thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, Ishii comes out and just gets beaten up. And it's like, well, it doesn't really make him feel like he's the cool fifth partner. Because in the, he's, you know, him and Umino are the only New Japan representatives in yeah. that match. Um, but, you know, we've we've made this joke on this podcast before, but that is what Ishii is here for. Ishii is a guy that you can send out to other people's promotions to be beaten. So that your guy has beaten a New Japan guy. And have a four and a half star match. <laughs> At the same time. Or in the case of you send him to Britain, he becomes the British heavyweight champion. Yeah. And has four and a half star matches <laughs> on a near monthly basis <laughs> because he's superb. Um, but yeah, I would have given this show four out of five. If I gave I was it a four out of five, out of five. in my edited review. So we're going to have a poll up. Uh, let us know what you thought of this show. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, we are going to shout out some very special people. Our uh, ultra, sorry, our pledge hammers over on patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk if you are one of our 25 dollars and above patreon pledge hammers you get your name read out on a show like this it was wednesday yesterday so you know what that means wrestle talk after dark was released and i know that there has been some back and forth about what the show is going to be for wrestle talk extra mm-hmm. it's tna slammiversary 2009 mm-hmm. but it beat king of the ring 2001 mm. by 1%. Wow. In fact, when you break it down cuz we can download the uh, the poll results, it was like one or two votes. Wow. But it meant for some people it was displayed as 33 and 33. So there was some conversation about whether it was a tied vote or nothing, but we can 100% legitimately confirm Slammiversary 091. And it's not like I'm just pulling for this cuz I wanted Slammiversary 09 to win. I'd have happily reviewed 2001. I could have reviewed DDP calling out the Undertaker to make me famous and then get him beaten up because he sucks Shane McMahon <laughs> being thrown on his goddamn head exactly yeah Kurt Angle wrestling three times like I wouldn't have had a bad time doing King of the Ring 01 but Slammiversary 09 very much won so that is what's going to be reviewed next week Oh, you know I've already recorded it and if you are one of our $25 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers you get your name read out on these shows like these fine folks Daylight Robbery Rob James yeah yo Adrian Rocky yeah Der Farm General, Roman Dietrich. Yeah. Ross, Pooper, Scooper, Cooper. Yeah. Rue the day, Ruario Brian Kelly. Yeah. Enter Sam, man. <laughs> Sam Register. Yeah. That's a great one. He smells like beef and cheese, San Santa. Yeah. The man with the scoops, Sean. Yeah. The movie Luke has never seen, Selena. Yeah. Here's why, Simon Dormer. Yeah. Wheelin' and dealin' Stephen Everett. Yeah. And the Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. Yeah. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 22nd of June, 2023. Thank you all so much for being wonderful Patreon Pledge Hammers. Now, going to get into the rest of your Omega chat. So, ding, 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 last call for those. Connor kicks things off to say, I think the final of the tag tournament should be MJF and Cole versus Strong and Wardlow. Hmm. That would be interesting. Oh. Keep up the great work, guys. That's neat. That That's is. a neat little idea there. Huh. 
John Wick says, love you guys. First of all, on the Ripley front, SRS has said on his past Raw reviews that she has a kneecap issue, whereas uh, uh, where it keeps popping out during matches, hence why she hasn't wrestled much. Also, does MJF leave AEW with the belt, uh, leave with the belt without losing? Playing up that idea of end of the year. It's the, the bidding war of 2024. His contract runs out at the end of 2023 and he just leaves with the belt. Listen, listen, if I had my way, if I was the, the king and ruler of the world, yeah, have him show up in the Royal Rumble with the belt or something. And go to WrestleMania, do Cody versus MJF for the belt at WrestleMania. Look, I... I I'd have, have Cody come on AEW. I would have a million things happen. I have said uh, many times over, my big fantasy booking is the end of the year. In fact, it was my wild prediction for the end of the year. The final shot of Winter is Coming is MJF blowing a kiss to Tony Khan, hopping over the barricade, and legging it with that belt. Oh, that's really good. That's <laughs> really good. I don't know. I don't think so. I think someone just beats him. But I wouldn't be upset. Puckhead1994 said, How's about this for long-term booking? Akada beats up Wheelie Yuta, who turned on his chaos buddies, Chucky e. T and Trent O.C. You're welcome, Ollie. There you go. Long-term booking. I mean, I did see Wheelie Yuta be like, I guess I'm out of chaos then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you made that decision, Wheeler. Uh, Harrison L said, Sorry, lads, I know he's your boy, but I cannot buy Osprey's hard man bruv act. I've never seen someone scream privately edgy. No, Harrison Earl. You've never seen someone more privately educated than Will Osprey. This is someone not from England, I would say. Harrison. Oh, my guy. No. No, that's not what I'd say. No, I would not either. Yeah, seems like a very nice man, but he is a lovely chap. But privately educated educated. is not a word I would use to describe um, my boy Will Osprey. Also, Orange Cassidy might be the best wrestler in the world. Could you see him slowly turning heel due to desperation to keep the title? Not turning heel. No, I think you could turn OC heel. He's he's so organically popular with the with the crowd. I, I think turning him heel would be a big mistake. Uh, William says, I was at the show last night. You couldn't hear the Elite promo at all because of how loud the boos were. I think it's safe to say the Elite in Chicago are the new HBK in Montreal. Given how clear TK was about Chicago being the home of AEW, that should be interesting to see play out. Considering we've still got like all outs in Chicago and I would imagine the Elite will wrestle there. Yeah. Yeah. Jam Beard said the Dynamite was ace. The pay-per-view looks like it'll be fantastic. Luke, I gotta say for the MyGM stuff, you and Peter are always worried about getting a certain fail heat. Why not do a promo to change someone from face to heel? It wastes a week. You've got such limited... Granted, it's not so much of a problem now because you can do a submission match on like Raw or SmackDown to end a feud, but you get that big pay-per-view bump, so that just wastes a week. It's just easier to just deal with the face, uh, the face and heels you've got. That is, that's always my argument for it. It's a waste of a week. I hear there's no Tempest allowed, so I don't follow. <laughs> and I also, it's a waste of a promo segment when you could do a charity promo or a call-out promo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jambeard said, my pick for the third man for Sting's team is either Naito or a surprise Jushin Thunder Liger for one more match. I did see someone in the chat suggest Ultimo Dragon. Ooh, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. That that. I don't think Liger's coming out of retirement. I don't think he so. He deserves either. a nice, long, restful retirement. Ultimo Dragon, though, that's fun. Give me, like, a post-pay-per-view Dynamite match where it's, like, Ultimo Dragon versus Brian Danielson or something like that. Yeah. Ultimo Dragon Vikingo. 
Ooh. I like <laughs> I mean, Ultima Dragon a lot. I, I really like that idea a lot. My other one was like, oh, what if it'll be Lance Storm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt here said, sometimes I love AEW, sometimes I hate it. Why, for the love of God, are the ass boys beating the goats of tag team wrestling in the Hardy Boys? Why does Tony Khan troll us by pushing these two who have no business being on TV? I was mad when they beat FTR. I was angry when they won the tag titles and killed the acclaimed momentum. I'm furious that they're beating the Hardy Boys, who are the greatest team in wrestling history. The Ass Boys got the wrong kind of heat and shouldn't be on TV. Move them to Ring of Honor so they won't be on my TV. They're like AEW's Baron Corbin. Remember when WWE had the best roster in 2019 and instead of pushing the best talent, VKM pushed Corbin, even though he was given the wrong time of heat? That is what Tony is doing with the Ass Boys. I don't get why Tony Khan pushes them did i write this i was gonna say it sounds like you tempo i mean i think i think i agree with a lot of what he says i think uh some of it might be a little bit harsh i don't think the hardys are the greatest tag team of all time neither and they certainly are not now no uh they might be my favorite tag team of all time but i wouldn't say they're the greatest they're they're the the, the legacy team of aew right now I think that the Ass Boys being in Ring of Honor would have been a perfect a place, place for them. them. Yeah, I think that's a great that. place to learn in front of people, but also away from as many eyeballs as there are on Dynamite. I also don't agree with them being AEW's Baron Corbin. And the only reason I uh, disagree with that is that I do think they get the right kind of heat from this crowd. I think it was once go-away heat has now just become heel heat. It's not as strong as it once was when it was go-away heat. But my other bit of... Um, my other bit of data that I would probably provide for that, and perhaps that's a bit... This is a bit sort of bubbly, for example. When Baron Corbin was on top and he was, like, going for the Universal Championship and feuding with Seth... Mm-hmm everyone in our live chats and our ultra chats and comments were railing on baron corbin for not for being in that position mm -hmm. when we rail on the ass boys there is a good 60 70 percent of the comments that are like you guys are far too harsh on the ass boys i suppose this is true so there is like there are a, a large sway of our audience that do like them i so, I, so I, which is why i'd say i don't think they're aew's baron corbin i think them winning the tag titles got a similar reaction than if Baron Corbin had beaten Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Like with people chanting BS yep. and everything. Beating FTR was not a good idea. I don't think so. Nope. I think it, I think this is a bit more accurate four months ago than it is right now. I'd agree with that. But the rest of it, I, I, I'd, I'd be on board. I think beating FCR is a mistake. Beating the Hardy Boys is not a mistake whatsoever. Well, they had to write the Hardy Boys off TV. Yeah. So, like, if they're not going to be on TV, there's no real point in keeping them around. Although, what are they going to do with Ethan Page? This is madness. Uh, Mark said, I love Dynamite. However, it's weird that the Hardys vanished when everyone ran out to save them. I understand it's Jeff being written off. Worse is FTR saving the Hardys but leaving Mark Briscoe to be assaulted by Team TNA in the very next segment. It felt wrong. Well, there's Lucha Bros and the best friends and Christopher Daniels ran out. Granted, I'd have had FTR run out as well because I'd have had more people run out for that match and have mm -hmm. more of a schmoz finish. But I get what you mean, Mark. Uh, as do I. Charles Berg said, I enjoy MJF's biggest issue with the tag team is that he has to wrestle every week. I really enjoyed the fun and dumb energy of the concession stand brawl. Fun fact, I hate ketchup. If I was to be sprayed with ketchup, I'd immediately cry and vomit. Also, just so I don't forget, what do you guys think Sting whispered to Jericho? I'd like to think he said, it's the Shockmaster. <laughs> he must have been trying to get Jericho to laugh, right? I don't know. I didn't notice Jer uh, Sting whisper no. anything to him. He said, 
I'm going to beat you in your hometown of Toronto. <laughs> I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. I love ketchup, by the way. Uh, yeah. It's not my fave. It's not my favorite. No. But I, I, I will put, I like a, with my chips. I'll put American mustard uh, on something more than I will do ketchup nah. or, or catsup. I, d- I, d- I don't. Uh, not a big fan of, of standard mustard. Uh, so American mustard, because yeah. I, I like you know, like English mustard is very different to mm. American mustard. I love honey mustard. Mm, okay, yeah, that's very much yeah. I like I like French mustard as yeah. well. Like French mustard on a burger is very very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about uh, ketchup? Um, I mean, over my head here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say about uh, mustard and ketchup now. But anyway, uh, Graham Shaw says, uh, Beyond excited to be going to Forbidden Door to see a car that exceeds every expectation I had going in. Still hoping for LIJ versus House of Black. Have Akiyama come back to AIW to join Sting and Darby for a grandpa fight. A car to dragon should main event. No one else is following it. Do you know who can follow it? Omega and Will Ospreay. Because they had, they had the goddamn best match. I've like One of the best matches I've ever seen this year. And they are going to follow that up. Uh, it was like six and a quarter stars. Yep. It's yeah. the highest uh, rated match ever in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Beating the first Omega Okada. Crazy. They are going to be, they're going to have a banger of a match. Yep. Absolutely they are. Uh, yeah, I would also like to see LIJ in the House of Black. Jun Akiyama is not a New Japan pro wrestling talent. It never has been, really. Nope. Uh, your local metalhead said, my favorite thing about Eddie Kingston is that he's an island alt unto himself. He has a short list of friends and a long list of enemies, so all of his interactions are exciting. Also, Mox calling Takeshita tall, dark, and sexy was terrific. Hashtag jam. He's also jam. not wrong. Brandon says, late leaving, and not sure if it's been already sent in, but I need Swerve and Keith Lee put together in the tournament. I think you could do that with one of these yeah. broken up teams. I think it'd be so fun. Yeah, uh, I'm just Marcus said I love that Eddie's motivations are the most in character motivations ever I hate Claudio more than I hate you guys and more than I love Mox therefore I will team with you guys so I can beat up Claudio <laughs> also I forget how much I love his promos it is like aside from you have a belt and I want that belt so I'm going to beat you for it this is just like the most baseline pro wrestling but done at the best level mm-hmm. I hate them but I hate you too but not as much so any of me and my enemy I'm going to beat up that guy that I hate. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's just the enemy of my enemy is probably the lesser of the enemies. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have an unknown username here. It's a Streamlabs issue. Please do let our moderator know uh, and we can get that corrected. And it's unfortunate as well because they say it's our first time Ultra Chat. Oh, uh, no. Very excited for Forbidden Door. Do you feel that they're waiting until after the pay-per-view to resume the CM Punk Championship in the bag story? Thanks for all the ten- entertainment you guys provide. I mean, in fairness, they've it's only been one show since he's come back, so we've got yeah. another we've got another collision coming up this Saturday. I wouldn't say it was paused. I think he yeah. just had a run in yeah. and didn't want to bring bring his luggage with him for a for a save. Juan Perez has been a member for twenty one months in a row. Who says CM Punk ain't nothing but a false prophet? Uh, you'll see. You'll all see. I don't know. There's a lot of double negatives in all of this. Uh, Jake WCW says Callis did mention that he's going to get Osprey his military grade private security. That can only mean one thing: is the return of the Truth Commission. Just kidding. I'm so excited for this show. Sunday cannot get here soon enough. If it was, shout out to the Truth Commission. <laughs> Adam's guessing in <laughs> telestrations. <laughs> if Recon shows up at Forbidden Door, it's the greatest pay I've ever seen in my life. And Sniper. Exactly. And if you can get Kurgan back, man. Um, 
So we have had, uh, our moderator has told us that the next two chants, uh, they don't know what they're saying. They think that's possibly Mario puns, but no one's quite sure, apparently. Uh, but Ulmots says, John of Duty, big bahunka, bing bing, wahoo, let's a go. Let's a go, indeed. And uh, also says, uh, legally speaking, do you think forbidding, forbidding the door is make, is make, do you, are you thinking forbidding the door is make is breaking that entering? Sorry if this is getting political. Papa Biceps London School in Glando in training. Hmm. I'm not sure if I follow a lot of that. I don't follow. Yeah. I don't indeed. I apologize. I don't think uh, entering the forbidden door is breaking and entering. Yeah. And I will apologize if anything we just said there was bad. I, I take no responsibility for that. I mean, I do take some responsibility. I read it out. But uh, apologies if that was bad. Uh, please do let me know. TWJP said, I'll be at Forbidden Door on Sunday. Tempest, would you like me to open a portal from Toronto to the UK for you? Yes, please. Luke, I know you always say that you hate roster splits, but would you enjoy them more if they're done correctly? No crossover of stars. No, no, just have them all on both shows. Raw and SmackDown would be so much better if there was no brand splits. I stand by that and AEW and Collision would be better if there was no brand split. I stand by that. Ryan Plays said, I'm going to Forbidden Door. I'm so excited. My mum is incredibly jealous that I'm seeing uh, Mox, Brian, and Jericho live because they were her favorites when they were in WWE. Um, paying for both me and my dad's trip, so hopefully this will be the best two grand I've ever spent. Goodness me. Goodness. What are you doing in Toronto? Uh, Eddie Pat 14 says, a little topic, but I think WWE is trying to work LA Knight as a tweener after his promo on Raw. I don't think I've ever seen him cut a promo on another heel before. Could be something to look out for in the future. Could be. I mean, he's certainly getting more popular than, like, by the week. Um, and he continues to say, uh, have you noticed anything different about Tempest? I don't know, man. I haven't seen Pete uh, live in quite a while. I'm worried that Tempest and Ollie might have got rid of Pete to crown Tempest as the champion. Uh, P.S. You might want to read this one in your own head. Oops. I read that one out loud. Hmm. Watch yourself, Luke. <laughs> Uh, and Joel here says, uh, I can't wait for Forbidden Door. I hope Brian Children is okay. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I mean, he never does. No, but, but uh, that, that was, a million times the charm. I mean, that's what was giving me my point I was going to make. Brian's never been okay. Yeah. yeah Brian, Brian Children has never had a good go of it. Maybe we can hire him for a, a tournament or something in the near future. Oh, maybe. Maybe we can give him a, a little bit of work. I, yeah. I think he needs it. He, he certainly does. Uh, coming for his kneecaps. Right. We are going to end the poll with your thoughts on Dynamite. And it was 1% thumbs down, 11% in the middle, and 87% thumbs up. I got a good one. You did Thanks get a good one. this week off, Ollie. <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We are back tomorrow with predictions for Forbidden Doors. Myself and Tempest running down the card, previewing the whole show. And then on Saturday, you'll be doing a review of SmackDown with Satini Angie. And then on Sunday, it's Forbidden Door live reactions with Pete and Dan the Truth Layton. Then on Monday, it will be our Forbidden Door review. And then I was about to say it's back to normal, but it ain't. Because Tuesday is Raw, Wednesday is Money in the Bank predictions, Thursday is Dynamite, Saturday is Money in the Bank live reactions live from the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in and Shoreditch, 
and SmackDown as well. No days off. And then on Sunday, it's our review of Money in the Bank as well. So I say no days off. I take two weeks off. After you, that, that. you are then off for two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank God. So we have got a lot of content coming up in the next couple of weeks. So please, if this is your first time here and you've made it this far, press the subscribe button. Enable notifications to know that when we do go live and we will see you tomorrow. I, I like believe. this chair. <laughs> I, I like D-A-D. That has been Tempest. Supposed to jam that champion. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 